Pastor Xavier Reese illustrates how not all of man's progress is constructive. We have seen the very progressive and certain destruction of American homes by absenteeism of mothers in the home. Childcare is a national scandal, and children are being raised for money, not for love. Once the woman is removed from the home, that's the last pillar of stability. That's the standard for the nation. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Parents have various forms of punishment for misbehavior of their children, as do law enforcement for criminal activity. Well, as we'll see through the prophecies of Isaiah to the moral and spiritually decayed kingdom of Judah, God has many divine judgments to apply for their selfishness and ritualism. Pastor Xavier takes us back to these prophecies of condemnation for the simple truth that they were written for our admonition. Let's listen. Isaiah chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 1 all the way to chapter 4, verse 1. The message is entitled, Natural Judgment is Often Divine Judgment. The judgment of God against Jerusalem and Judah here was manifest in the most natural consequences. And it's described through the prophet Isaiah in terms of social dynamics. First of all, the reprisal of social instability. The reprisal for social instability is found in verses 1 through 7. Then you have the reasons for social instability in verses 8 through 15. And then he finishes by giving us the reminder of the heart of social instability in verses 16 down to the first verse of chapter 4. So you have the reprisal of reason and the reminder. Remember, these were literal things that took place, and they are a warning to us. The New Testament says all things were written for admonition for our learning, lest we come to the very same place. Notice, first of all, in the first three verses, God would remove the nation's resources. The basics for life would be removed. Verse 1. The context is the day of the Lord in the latter days. Now, the prophecy has a short-term fulfillment, often in prophecy and then a long-term fulfillment. They were talking about the judgment through Assyria, through Babylon, but the ultimate, the latter days, the day of the Lord, day of tribulation, great tribulation. So often, Old Testament, short-term, long-term. So you must keep that in mind. Now, the prophecy... Uh, again here, it is the Lord who will take away the stock in the store. Notice that. That's a phrase that is used to refer to the thoroughness of it, completeness of it. It's like saying, uh, I'm going to take away all the food in your house, including the pantry. All gone. In other words, there's not going to be no reservoirs, nothing. From the whole supply of bread to the whole supply of water, the most basic needs. Notice in verse 2, secondly, the basics for government would be removed. The mighty man of war, both soldier and officer, will be taken away. The judges and prophets, those who administer justice and call to lead, are pulled back. Because the prophet was called when the priesthood had failed. The prophet says, return to God. And there came a point where God will pull back the prophets also. Because they wouldn't hear. Notice verse 3. The basics for military strength would be removed, thirdly. The captain of 50, those who were officers over the troops. The honorable men, those who have character and are looked up to. The counselor, the skillful artisan, the expert enchanter, 
referred to the advisors of state along with the inquiry of secret arts and the enchanters through mediums. Once again, we see the integration of God's truth with practices of paganism. God will replace their leaders with unqualified individuals. This is heavy. With unqualified individuals. He says their leaders would be experienced or inexperienced and self-centered in verse 14. Notice what he says. God would give them children to be their princes, referring to boys and youths who have not proven themselves competent to lead. God would give them babes to rule over them, referring to capricious ones, unreasonable and self-will. There would be violent oppression of people by the people, neighbor against neighbor, a form of anarchy. Due to no power of the ruling authorities. See, when you take away consequences, you destroy authority. Parents, it's real easy. If you do not discipline your children and bring consequences to them, your house is anarchy. Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Now take that a step forward from home to society. Governmental leaders of character have been slowly but surely removed from our nation. It's part of judgment. Our assemblymen and congressmen are caught receiving bribes and embezzlements. Our city councilmen are taking drugs and then they have the nerve to fight for their office still. Our political arena is a mess. The police officers sometimes are worse than the ones they're arresting. But you ask yourself why? Because we have lowered the standard and God has removed righteous men out of those places because they can't survive in there. Listen to the psalmist, Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Mm. This was a reprisal for their social instability. Who was doing it? God. Notice, secondly, he gives us the reason for the social instability. Of course, they're not exhaustive, but he gives some very key ones. In verse 8, first of all, their spiritual state was degenerated. The first reason is their speech against the Lord. Their tongues utter words against God and His Word. Do you realize that in this nation at one time, men and women were thrown in jail and in prison for blaspheming the name of Jesus Christ? These were the reasons for Jerusalem stumbling and Judah falling. Do you think that this might be one of the reasons why America is stumbling and falling? The second reason is for their deeds against the Lord. They keep coming to the temple and offer sacrifice. We saw that in chapter 1. They keep seeking God's face as if he will listen. They worship other gods and their practices, and they are abominable, desecrating the courts of God. There are countless of people who go to church every Sunday, and their lifestyle is an abomination to God. And their rational is, well, he hasn't done nothing to me. He must approve of my lifestyle. Really? Well, be patient. He'll get to you. <laughs> A third reason is given in verse 8 at the end there, the provocation of the eyes of his glory. They tempt God by doing, going beyond the boundaries he set. We know the standard of God as a nation. Now, we've gotten far away, and most Americans don't anymore. 
But that's no excuse for our past history. Our history is being rewritten today. I dare you to study the history that's being taught to your children in high school, junior high school, compared with 20, 25 years ago. You will not identify the books as the same. It's being rewritten. But notice, secondly, in verse 9, their moral state was disintegrated. Their faces revealed their guilt. The look on their countenance witnessed against them. It is amazing how sin marks a person's face. And some people deserve the face they have. No pun intended, but it is. <laughs> it, it marks your face. You don't have that joy. You don't have that, that, that passion. Just get by. Notice their boasting of sin is openly in verse 9. They declare their sin as Sodom. They do not hide it. Now, is that characteristic of America? The homosexuals parade, yet Christians would want to reach the community and they can't get a permit. Interesting. Their judgment is by their own doing. This is good. Woe to their soul, for they have brought evil upon themselves. See, they deserve it. That's like Romans 1. They're just due. It's a natural consequence, but it's also divine judgment. Don't exclude that. Because it's built into God's creation. When the creation is out of order with the creator, there are natural consequences, which is part of God's judgment built in. And many times, God's direct hand upon it. I believe God's hand was upon World War II. As you look at some of the battles, the accounts, the things that went on, God was in there. To this day, we don't know why the Japanese fleet turned around down there in the South Pacific. If they would have kept going, we wouldn't have defeated them. To this day, they don't know. I know. Notice thirdly, verse 10 through 12. Their ethical state was decayed. The righteous were in their midst. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall lead the fruit of their doing. In the midst of this ethical decay and moral corruption, there is still the faithful, the church of Jesus Christ. Right here in context, he's talking about the remnant of Israel. But throughout the ages, God has his people. They are a light. They are salt. The wicked were the problem. Verse 11. Woe to the wicked. It shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him, literally done to him. We are a nation of justifiers, excusers. We must own up to our own life. We have the life that we have worked for. All this sociological, psychological babble and political correctness of I'm dysfunctional. I'm codependent. It's a bunch of trash. Each person ends up with the choices they have made and the lifestyle they have chosen. And you and you alone are responsible for that. Notice in verse 12, the clear dividing line of children and adults or men's roles and women's were blurred. As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. All my people, those who lead you, cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. You see, everybody's on an equal basis. 
roles are destroyed. Literally here in, in verse 12, some have translated the women and women rule over them. They have translated in womanish men. That's an interesting concept. Because he wants you blur the roles of male and female. It's a natural progression. It's a confusion at first, but then it's a custom after that. The stage is set. Notice, fourthly, in verses 13 through 15, their political state was self-serving. Verse 13, the Lord is the one to contend his case in the judge's people. Like a prosecuting attorney, he stands to charge and cross-examine the accused. This is the stage that was set in chapter 1 last week. Remember that? In verse 14 still, the Lord will enter into argument against the elder and princess for benefiting only themselves of the nation. You see, when you've let go of accountability to God, then you're not responsible to the people. So you use the resources, the opportunities, and the offices of the nation for your own benefit. He says, for you have eaten up my vineyard. The vineyard in chapter 5 is Israel. You have used your position, your power, your influence to benefit yourself. And so the Lord says the Lord would enter into judgment against the elder, the princes, for plundering the poor also and taking their goods for their own house. This is how far they go. The plunder of the poor. Verse 15, the Lord would enter into judgment with the elder and princes for their cruelty and uncompassion. Listen to what's happening here. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding their faces of the poor, says the Lord of hosts. Ooh. No compassion. No mercy. Amos the prophet says, God did this, you didn't repent. 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 He says, prepare to meet your God. Some of the most awesome words in the entire Bible. Prepare to meet your God. The context is the day of the Lord. Amos is talking about the day of the Lord. And they're saying, oh, the day of the Lord. Yes, we're, we're, we can't wait for the Lord. The day of the Lord is wrath, indignation. What are you doing? What are you talking about? He comes back. He's going to get you. Hmm. In the case of the United States versus McIntosh, in 1931, in the Supreme Court, the Supreme Justice declared the following regarding a Canadian who was applying for naturalization in the United States. Listen. Quote, we are a Christian people. 1931. We are a Christian people, according to one another and the equal rights of religion and freedom, and acknowledging with reverence the duty of obedience to the will of God. Only 140 years after the ratification of the Constitution, yet the court was still articulate in its message of its spiritual commitment to God. Look what has happened in the last 30 years. Let me tell you, the speed picks up. The stage is set. The machine is moving. We need to understand that. The politicians who embrace a spiritual, moral, and ethical, biblical base will have a sense of accountability to God. But those who don't 
will only have a sense of accountability to themselves. That's real dangerous. As we look around, we see this in our nation. These are the reasons for the social instability. And we would be foolish as Americans to, to not see the parallel or make the application. But the greater application is to your own life. You affect your family. You affect your wife, your children, yourself, those around you. Now notice thirdly, we have the reminder of the heart of social instability. Verses 16 down to verse 1 of chapter 4. First, the women were given to sensuality. Given to sensuality. They were seeped in pride. Moreover, the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are haughty. Pride is in men and women. But men are the ones who are known for pride more than the woman. But as you look to our nation, you see the pride that has taken hold of the female today. Women will get in your face. You get in their way on the freeway. I've had women go by like that and they flip me off. I mean, it's amazing. They were parading themselves to see who they could entice and walk with outstretched necks and wanton mice. They were clever in their ways to call attention to themselves by swaying their bodies. Look, he says, walking and mincing as they go. They use any and every dress ornament to attract men, making a jingle with their feet. They would have little, little like symbols between their ankles and they would go walk by and kink, kink, kink. You know, I mean, just anything to look at me. Now, I'm not here to tell you, ladies, that you can't put earrings, jewelry, or have fashion or anything else. But when that becomes the heart of your passion without godliness, you're dead. You have to be also careful. Now, notice secondly here in verses 18 to 23. The women were preoccupied with the latest of fashion which the Lord would take away. And he mentions a whole bunch of them. It's interesting. And that day, again, refers to the day of the Lord. Immediate judgment, Assyria, Babylon, the last days, tribulation, great tribulation. The Lord will take away the finery, the jingling anklets, the scarves, and the crescents, verse 18. All the little doodads, you know, all these things. Nothing wrong with them. But when they become the, 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 the thing that you have to have, the thing that, that it will just ruin your day if you can't get you have to be careful. Notice thirdly, verses 17 and then 24 down to verse 1 of 4. The women were to be humbled. Verse 17, the Lord would give them up to captivity. Rather than being decorated with their hair ornaments, the Lord would strike them with a scab and the crown of the heads to the daughters of Zion. You're so caught up in your person, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to just touch your physical State. The implication being they would go and want to hide their faces rather than to use them to attract and entice. Rather than having the latest fashions to tempt and allure, the Lord would uncover their secret parts, it says in verse 17. The implication being they would be carried off naked to captivity. That's exactly what happened when they were carried to captivity, naked. And then when they stood in the slave market, they were sold naked. 
It's a tactic of the enemy in war. Look at Germany. They did the same thing to the Jews. You degrade people. You degrade families. You degrade the heads of home. Notice the Lord would exchange their latest fashions with the loathsome disposition in verse 24. And so it shall be, instead of sweet smell, there would be a stench. Instead of sash, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness. Instead of a rich robe, a girding of sackcloth, sorrow, lamentation, grief. And branding instead of beauty. A hot iron on their body. They would go into captivity. But see, they were captives way before they went. You understand what I'm saying? People today are captives way before they go into captivity, literally. Verse 25 and 6 and verse 1, the Lord would destroy their men. Your men shall fall by the sword and your mighty in war. One of the ways that God brings judgment on a nation is to destroy the men. Why? Because it leaves the woman vulnerable, without protection. And in that day, as verse 1 says, seven women shall take hold of one man. So they're there at the gate, they're mourning, lamenting. Why? No authority, no man to rule, no man to lead. They're there on their own. It's not natural for a woman to not have a covering and someone to protect her. God gave Adam as that covering. Marriage is viewed as a limitation on a woman's person today. So most young ladies don't marry. They live with someone. Children are aborted in order to continue a pleasurable lifestyle today. It's just accepted. And when children are considered by a single parent, it's usually a selfish reason. They don't want the responsibility of marriage, but they want a child so they can feel fulfilled. How selfish, how evil. We have become a nation that does not value its women, willing to make them equal with men and willing to send them to battle. We have seen the very progressive and certain destruction of American homes by absenteeism of mothers in the home. Child care is a national scandal, and children are being raised for money, not for love. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach of any people. Once the woman is removed from the home, that's the last pillar of stability. Ladies, you, you hold society. You set the norms. Guys are pushy. Guys will always want to take you to bed. You've got to set that boundary. You say, no, that don't go. But once women say, let's go, that's the standard for the nation. That's just the way it is. The judgment of God against Jerusalem and Judah was manifested in the most natural consequences described here by the prophet Isaiah in terms of social dynamics. I think if we ignore the parallels to our nation, then we are blinder than them. The removal of social instability is God's direct hand. The reasons for social instability are clearly given. And the reminder of the heart of social instability must not be ignored. Man, let me tell you, these are flashing red lights. They're not yellow, they're flashing red lights. 
May God give us wisdom. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths drawn from Isaiah chapters 3 and 4, condemnation written for our admonition. And if further personal study of these key scriptures is something we can help you with by sending a copy of this message, please contact us and mention the title, Natural Judgment is Often Divine Judgment. We'll include everything we heard last time, and they're available in CD for just $4. Now get in touch and ask for the study entitled, Natural Judgment is Often Divine Judgment. You can send your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is another tool we use to track the impact of this outreach in your area. Can God use crackpots? He certainly can, and He does. Find out how on the next Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com